Welcome back to Let Freedom Reign Podcast, the official equine industry podcast of Day 6 Ranch. I'm your host, Jason Swick, and on this show, we discuss leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship from topics and perspectives exclusive to the equine industry. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and explore our free content, other podcasts, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We thank you for joining us on this adventure. All right, here we are with another episode of Let Freedom Reign podcast. We are just getting back from attending a Liberty Clinic with Versatile Horsemanship up in Nakona, Texas. It sure was a fun few days with Dan James and the whole Versatile Horsemanship staff. And I encourage you to visit the Versatile Horsemanship website and check out their clinic schedule. They absolutely do it right. I mean, all the participants were fed well. Great amenities for the horses, hookups for trailers if you're hauling in. It was a really, really good time had by all. We're home for the next few days, and then we pack up and head out to Lexington, Kentucky for Road to the Horse. Going to be some exciting times. We're going out there with the India 68 Foundation to help with some of the logistics in managing and carrying out the event, and we're excited at the opportunity there. Now, this week on the show, our guest is my wife, Kelly, and we discuss kind of that period that Let Freedom Rain podcast went dark, starting in May of 21 through the relaunch there in March of 23. There was a lot of moving parts that went into transitioning Let Freedom Rain podcast under the umbrella of Day 6 Ranch, and we'll kind of introduce some of the opportunities that are going to be presented through Day 6 Ranch and our goals in using the horse to optimize human potential. Now, this episode is about as real as it gets. We recorded it right here in the house, so your dogs in the background or movies or kids running around, well, it's a fully operational household, not a podcast studio, but we do the best we can to provide some decent audio and valued content, and sometimes you just got to roll the dice. Anyway, the last couple years have involved quite a few moving parts and things are starting to come together and push in a common direction for us and we hope you guys enjoy the content and if you have any further questions or want to get a hold of us, you can do so through day6ranch.com. That's www.day6, that's D-A-Y, the number six, R-A-N-C-H, dot com. And we hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here's this week's episode with Kelly and I about Day 6 Ranch. All right, well, this might be the riskiest guest that I've ever had on the show uh, in the form of my wife, Kelly. We've been together for many, many years now, and we're going to talk about what has been going on the last couple of years while that Freedom Rain podcast went dark. It has been uh, one heck of a journey, and she's been there through thick and thin and led the charge on a lot of this stuff. But first and foremost, Kelly, welcome to Let Freedom Rain podcast. Thank you. Excited to be on for the first time in... God knows how long, three yeah. years? Yeah, it's been a hundred something episodes and I think this launched in 2018 and a lot of ground has been covered. So I guess we'll go with, start with the why. Why did the podcast go dark? Well, we spent a lot of time preparing and, and contemplating what our next moves were going to be. There was a lot of question in where we were at mentally, physically, emotionally, as a couple, as professionals. And we really just decided that it was time for a change for our relationship, for our family. And we had had our eyes set on Texas for a while and were able to eventually make that become a reality. And so right around the time we went dark, we were in the process of finding a home, buying a home, moving halfway across the country, all of our stuff, two little kids, 
Horses, dogs, chickens, goldfish. <laughs> the legendary goldfish. <laughs> yeah, she made the trip. You know, and just kind of resetting and re refocusing our why and what it was that we wanted for our family. Yeah, I think in the years leading up to it, so just to give context to new listeners, our last episode from our first run ended uh, May, 20, May of 21. I think it was the first part of May there. The years leading up to that time frame, there had been a lot going on in the form of what Kelly described as far as preparing a battle plan, trying to execute that battle plan, trying to figure out what our next steps were going to be. So there's a lot of navigating of waters that was taking place at the time. And for me, gosh, I think if you go back to 2016, 2015, I hope that's an accurate timeline. Uh, God had laid it on my heart that the horse could help heal this warrior community. I'd experienced it firsthand myself. And I was out riding with Chris there in Mineral Wells. I think that would have been what, late 16, early 17, maybe. That's about right. Or maybe late 17, early 18. And we had filmed a couple episodes for his show. And we had had a couple discussions as to the burden that law enforcement and veteran had taken on in the form of the weight of their careers and how he had had many first responders and veterans out to his programs. They had seen huge success in the weeks that they were out riding with him. So him and I got to talking, well, how do we bring this to the masses? And we kicked around a bunch of ideas in the form of clinics and workshops and retreats. And we couldn't really pin down any one specific avenue. And when I got home, a family friend had mentioned, hey, start this podcast. And at the time, I didn't even know what a podcast was. And that kind of launched the genesis of Let Freedom Rain podcast at the time, but really my vision to use the horse to help restore the, the warrior community. And in the years since, I have seen that there's profound effect and it's not exclusive to the warrior community in the form of what the horse can do to help restore people. And little by little, we just started chipping away at our battle plan. And at the time we were living, I think we were in the neighborhood there, right? Mm -hmm. And then we had sold that place and bought the acreage. And that was a bare piece of dirt. I mean, it was nothing but a house. Mm -hmm. So that was probably what, 20, 20 and 21 we had that place? That was December of 19 because I remember that COVID was. hit and I was fortunate that we weren't in a residential neighborhood. Yes. We had 10 acres. Yes, that is true. That is out. true. Quarantine didn't hit us so hard because we yeah, felt like we, had, we had the room. Yeah. Actually, we were up at Nikki's event, Heart of the Horse, mm -hmm. when that property came up, yep. right? Remember our agent had called us? Yep. So we were in Canada, actually, when we bought that home. We were on the road for a, a venue and our agent calls says, hey, I got the, the well, it wasn't the perfect spot, but it was a spot that checked a lot of boxes for us. So we gave her the green light and she started that process. And then obviously we finished that trip up in Canada and came home and completed the buying process and then started our vision of Day 6 Ranch. And, and I don't know if I have ever spoken to the fact of how we got to the name Day 6 Ranch or how it has come to be on this show. So the name Day 6 Ranch actually is out of the book of Genesis and it talks about God doing the works and creating all of existence. And on that sixth day, he created human and animal alike and gave us dominion and control over those animals. And I think at the time it had spoken to me in the chapter of life that I was in because all those animals he describes making served a huge purpose in me finding my way and finding my direction after losing myself for quite a few years. And we thought it to be quite fitting to name our place the Day 6 Ranch. And from there, just kind of continue to snowball in the form of developing curriculums and education and trying to do a little bit more research and 
put a little bit more credible scientific why as to how the horse can help the human being. And uh, we built that place up from a little piece of dirt. And it was about, yeah, May of 21 when we got that place sold. I decided that the show needed to go dark because all of my man hours were spent building pins and arenas and round pens and trying to get that place as close to finished as possible and make it as equitable as possible so we can make the jump out here. Don't forget all the laminate flooring we had to put in. Oh, yeah. And the baseboards. <laughs> we pretty much did everything that we could to make the house as marketable as possible. We knew we had a unique piece of land and houses at the time, the market was still hot. Houses were going quick in residential neighborhoods, but we were worried about how fast it would go in a rural setting like where we were at. And we had already entered into contract to buy the house, but then wanted to make sure we had enough time to sell it and be in contract within the time period that we needed. So it was a mad dash to get everything done and ready. But Yeah, it was pretty chaotic, but everything came together just like it needed. And even the place that we've landed here in North Texas, it wasn't originally in our target zone, if you will, right? We were going to try to be closer down to Weatherford and Palapinta County and uh, in the 11th hour, this place came up and our agent gave us a call and it checked a lot of those boxes just like the previous property had. So we we made a run at it. Yeah, it was a complete God thing. There was no doubt about that yeah. for me. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, I mean, there's so much to be done here on this piece of land that we got. We've got a lot done in the last year or so that we've been here, two years that we've been here. But in covering kind of how we went through the progression, right, of, of Let Freedom Rain podcast getting its start and then us starting to kick around this idea of Day 6 Ranch and then Day 6 Ranch physically being moved from the original location out here in North Texas. Let's spend a little bit of time and cover the, the why in greater detail, why we have gone to the lengths that we've gone to stay on this path because we left a lifestyle of near certainty in the form of career experience, working in sought after positions, having stable income, and we pretty much went all in, cashed in everything that we could cash in for the unknown. So do you want to kind of share your experiences of, okay, so for the listeners, I, I have a very refined skill set in, in sales pitch, right? If I want to sell something to my wife, I can make it sound quite grandiose. The downside for me is, is that she always sees right through it <laughs> and sees it for what it is. So we came up with this idea of, of me transitioning out of law enforcement and getting into this horsemanship space and kind of coaching space. So I just, Kelly, want to kind of know your opinion as to those first couple conversations and, and did you think your husband was absolutely nuts or was this just par for the course after a couple of decades of being together? Well, I've always been extremely supportive of your occupation in law enforcement. I myself studied criminal justice and it's always really been interesting to me. I spend hours watching CSI shows or like, you know, the true yeah. crime, yeah. law and order, that kind of stuff. It's always been interesting to me. And so for a long time, I lived vicariously through you. I don't have the mentality to be in law enforcement. I know that. And so that's why I didn't go that avenue. But I've always been really supportive of your job and the work that you've done. And after seeing you kind of hit your breaking point uh, more than once with your job and the current 
and like potential legislation that was coming down the road in the state of California was just, I knew it was time. I knew it was time for a new chapter. Was it scary? Absolutely. I mean, leaving everything that we've ever known to come live halfway across the country with nobody, we no family, no friends. Mm-hmm. Granted, we have, you have a network of friends yeah. in the horse industry, you know, given an hour or so away from, from here. But we j- there were so many unknowns. We just didn't know really what we were getting ourselves into, but it just seemed worth it. Mm-hmm. Once I found out I could transfer my job and work out of Dallas, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting how it all came together. When I was deliberating whether or not to stay in law enforcement or whether or not to jump off on this venture of Day 6 Ranch, Jonathan Field, I'll never forget this conversation. I was walking on the porch of the last place and he said, buddy, you got to ask yourself an extremely vital question. He said, are you running from something? Are you running to something? And for a lot of the early challenges in my career, absolutely, I was running from stuff. I think I left my first agency because I was running from things, right? Very caustic culture. I just did not align with the views and the values and how they did business. And a lot of the experiences in working in the assignments that I worked in at the time and seeing great cops now become criminals because uh, just poor decisions started to, to mount and mount and pressure started to mount and they they could not deal with the burdens of their, their given assignments or roles or workload and they made some pretty poor decisions and you know were held accountable as a result, which they should have been. But it started to pique my interest of how And this isn't to boast or brag, this is just to speak to reality. If you look at the world's population and what populace of people actually are qualified to do the job, whether it be in the law enforcement or military, to get through an assessment process, to get through a probationary period, to then go on and not just be a paper taker, be a paper maker, right? Get out and build cases and stick your nose into stuff and really actually make a difference. It is a very small percentage of human being that can have a quote unquote clean enough slate to work through that process and work down that professional avenue. So it raised the question to me is how do you go from such a highly sought after candidate to drinking and drinking to the point where you're driving around drunk, stealing dope. I mean, there are some horrific things that had gone on with not only my agency at the time, but surrounding agencies where where these cops are just going down very, very poor avenues and poor routes. And I guess the mental health thing was kind of kicking up early on in my career, but it wasn't a proficient system to say the least. And my own personal interest in inquisition started to fan that flame of how do we, how do we better serve this populace of people that were extremely viable candidates, extremely valuable assets to the community, but made these 180 degree turns and ended up with horrific circumstance of, you know, being criminals and destroying their families, destroying their networks, destroying their agencies because of their inability to manage their own problems and issues. And at the time I was getting back into the horse thing because I was dealing with my own struggles and my own problems and needed to find myself and needed an out that was not law enforcement or my buddies in law enforcement. And I started to see those same parallels in the Western community, right? Very self-reliant community, works very, very hard, works very independently but starting to become buried in their own circumstance and pattern and managing facilities or operations or farming, whatever it may be. 
and they started to make some some poor decisions and it all started to come to light and for me i just prayed on it you know god what do you want from me and at the time i was working ht uh at the time i was working human trafficking excuse me and had a lot of success in the couple of years i did that and god just told me hey i need you elsewhere and i needed to be home at the time we had a young child at home and i didn't know what elsewhere was i just he he, he had spoken to me and indicated that he needed me elsewhere so i started to grow my relationship with him and ask more of what does that mean is that a physical location is that an occupation what does i need you elsewhere mean and i end up transferring closer to home and i'll never forget this i was sitting at my desk and it all just hit me one day and he spoke to me he said you're done like your time in law enforcement is over you got to go and that was about the time we started the conversations of what are our next chapters right what are our next steps for our family so in the interim we started to get to work and map out what that what that entailed and started to build out day six ranch and put a financial plan together to where we could evacuate california judiciously and we looked at several states i mean we even looked up in canada for a while yeah my job allowed me to go anywhere They're, they had a hub so charlotte was one jacksonville florida was another chicago but there was no way i was going to chicago no offense to yeah, any listeners up that. there i second that <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of options. But I think at the end of the day, it came down to where we thought we would be able to make the most impact and have the most support from the network that we had already built. And I think North Texas ended up just checking all the boxes for us on that. Yeah. And that question was raised a lot by a lot of people before the decision is that if, hey, if you're going to get into ministry or coaching or horsemanship, why, why would you want to go to North Texas? It's such a rich location in the form of credible professional horsemen, you know, in the thick of the Bible Belt. You'll just get swallowed up as a small fish in a big pond type thing. And, and my personality and who I am, I, I like to roll with the big dogs. I like to compete. And I always told myself that if you're the best asset in the arena, then you're in the wrong dang arena, right? I always want somebody to learn from or somebody to strive to compete against. And here we are, and it's unbelievable how a lot of those questions that we had as far as are our kids going to have a social network? Are we going to have a social network? What are the schools going to be? Uh, all of those worries that we spent a lot of nights um, restless about, those have been answered relatively quickly. I mean, within months of getting here as far as, I mean, the school system obviously was in place and has always been in place and has always done well. But a lot of those social network questions and professional opportunities and development, I mean, doors started to open that were not even on the table when we started making these decisions and, and people started to come into our lives that we had no reason, rhyme or reason as to why they should be in our lives after that move and that transition had been made. And I think it's, it's completely God supporting his calling. For me, I just had to have enough stones to actually step off and be faithful to what he said and what he called on my heart. And it was very tough when I left my first agency. It took me almost two years to make that decision. Leaving law enforcement completely, that decision was made in, in several months. So we had cut down the lag time a little bit, but it still was a scary process to leave guaranteed paycheck, to leave multiple retirements, to leave multiple investment accounts for, I think God wants me to use the horse to help people. 
Yeah, it's definitely scary and hard at times to have faith in his plan. But I think at the end of the day, you just have to give it to him and let him handle it. And when I say it was a God thing that we landed here, I mean, it was literally, I mean, the day we landed here, we had trouble finding preschool for our oldest daughter who was set to start kindergarten several months prior. And the day that we got here, we met the people who sold us the house and she happened to run a daycare or a preschool. She happened to run a preschool and happened to have a spot open for our daughter. So little things like that, you know, all the chips just ended up falling into place. And I truly believe in my heart that this was God's plan and this was his way of showing his appreciation for us being faithful and and trusting in him. And it hasn't stopped. It's just been so forthcoming. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the network that we've been able to develop in a relatively short amount of time and and the individuals that have supported us through that. And I think the conversations that Coker and I have had in regards to the hard parts of my career, there were many, there were many chapters or incidents or cases, however you want to say it, where I very much took the victim mentality of why me, why did that have to happen to me? If that person only would have listened, we wouldn't have had to go down that route or I wouldn't have to been overexposed in whatever the matter was, um, use of force or, or whatnot. It wasn't until I got here and, and had a mentor in my life who had been through quite a bit more in the form of defending the red, white, and blue of our flag that those hard experiences were put in my life for this moment. I needed to have those experiences to have a certain perspective, to have a skill set, to have a tangible experience that I can fall back on. And how those conversations revealed to me that those firsthand experiences speak to the credibility of coaching and mentoring. And I've always filled a coach or mentor role after certain seasons of my my life, whether it be athletics or law enforcement or the fire service. And the vision started to become more clear in the sense that so many of our country's warriors are given incredible skill sets to do the job. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that the reason they're in the positions they're in is because God has given that, that skill set and ability to them. However, when you start to get down to brass tacks and really start to push the envelope, whether it be law enforcement or military operations or working in an ER, some of these life safety professions that you got to grow up fast. And oftentimes life and the circumstance and the scenarios cause you to grow up faster than your skill set or ability can match that. And that's where guys and gals start to get overwhelmed. And don't get me wrong, there's many cases that are applicable where professional medical help is needed in the form of psychiatric help or or speaking to a psychologist or something along those lines. But for me, God kept bringing me peers and colleagues and they just needed somebody that had been through it. They just needed somebody who had been through similar circumstance to kind of take an outsider's perspective and give them qualified, objective information better information to make a decision from because sometimes when you get buried from that stress and that burden, you can't see clearly and the lens in which you view the world is very clouded. So in terms of the network that God has given us in support of this mission, it's unbelievable because as, as I push the envelope of my own restoration, more people are poured into my lives to help clarify my previous experiences, my previous missions, my previous goals in support of further operations at Day 6 Ranch. 
Yeah, it does. And maybe now is a good time to kind of go into how you, I guess, transitioned from <laughs> law enforcement into civilian life. So can you kind of go into how you made that transition and some of the realizations that you came into? Yeah, I think de decompressing, I think, would be the right way to, to describe that experience. For me, step number one for me was just I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be around. And it wasn't that I was an absentee father, maybe Kelly could clarify. It wasn't that I was an absentee father prior to, but I had assignments that were very time consuming, right? There were many years where we were on dope time working undercover. I mean, when the dope deals were going down or when the trafficking transactions were taking place, that's when I had to be at work. For those of you that aren't familiar with that world, it is not during nine to five. No, not at all. Not in the slightest. Holidays, birthdays, family parties, you name it. None of those are exempt. Correct. Correct. And then I ended up, my most recent assignment that I actually retired out of was an arson explosion spot. So anything that burned down, I was getting called out to. Well, I was kind of a single resource within the agency. So anytime anything burned, my phone was going off, whether it was not a, whether it was a credible call out or not. And I distinctly remember one time I got called out to a fire. This was the morning of my birthday a couple of years ago. And my phone rings at, I don't even know, two, like three in the morning, something like that. Three in the morning, I think. Yeah, and I got somebody on the phone saying that there's a big fire and I need to get called out. And I said, okay, well, what about that big fire makes it criminal? Because I don't investigate fires, I investigate criminal fires. So can you please help articulate why we think there's a crime and why I'm in, I need to be involved? And the response was, well, the, the fire's really big. The fire's really big. It's a bunch of, mar you know, multiple apartments within a complex burning. It's really big. You need to come out. I said, okay, man, can you break out the penal code? Because nowhere in any of the arson sections that I know or criminal fire sections that I know is big fire an element of those crimes. So can you get me some more details? And we went back and forth for, I don't know. 45 minutes. No, no. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it felt that way. It was long enough that Kelly was woken up by our conversation and Kelly had been through enough call outs in her career, investigative call outs in her career that she... <laughs> She yells from the bed, will you just go in and fix their problems so we could go back to bed? And sure enough, I did. Uh, I ended up gearing up and heading back into work, knocked out a couple hours of work. And long story short is I didn't need to get called out, but I use the story to illustrate the point that eh, I wasn't just at work 40 hours a week. I was at work many hours over my 40-hour demand, and it wears on you. You get, to, you get to sleep very little. You don't take care of yourself at all. Uh, you're as present as you can be in your children's lives. You're as present as you can be in your relationship, in your marriage. But those first, I would say six months probably is fair. I set the goal the first six months, I just want to be dad. I want to be around. I want to help the kids. I want to help my wife. I want to be involved at the house. Not to mention there's a bunch of work around this place that needed to get done. And, and I think I accomplished that, you know, in that first six months. And then the six months after that was starting to really build out Day 6 Ranch and what is the brand going to be and what services are we going to offer and how are we going to use the horse to help this warrior community and what are my skill sets and assets and what can I pass along and be stewards of, you know, what opportunities or experiences can I be stewards of. And that was definitely a challenge to try to pin that down and bring enough value to it. And then after that, it kind of progressed into, man, how do you be an entrepreneur? Because I just showed up and a paycheck showed up at the door every couple of weeks. That's how my jobs have always been. I've been in local government nearly my whole nearly my whole career. And in that process, I got back to getting in a lot better shape, uh, which I think helped me not only physically, but mentally. 
started to restore some of the athletic ability that I had in previous chapters of my life. And again, God gave me all these experiences post-law enforcement that really helped solidify what it takes to be a well-rounded asset because I feel that you know, you mentioned like CSI and all these cop shows earlier in the in the conversation that there's this glorified image of what law enforcement or military service is. There's the recruiting flyer or the conversations you have with the recruiter. Then there's what actually takes place. And then you take it a layer beyond that. How do you how do you be a highly equitable asset to your agency or your community or your operation or your mission? Or your family. Or your family or your friends. Or your children, right? And that's where many guys, men and women, miss the boat, in my opinion, is that a lot of my mentors coming up in my career were unbelievable cops, unbelievable firefighters. Their kids hated them. They were divorced multiple times. Nobody else in in any other shift, part of the city, crew, wanted to be around them. They're overinvested. Then on the other end of the spectrum... And I'm going to use school cops as an example. Okay. And if you're a school cop out there, don't be offended by this because there is some truth to it. But your stereotypical school cop, that jovial cop, doesn't really want to do a lot of work, just wants to high five the kids and go to the pep rallies. Well, yeah, they're liked by those children, but they're usually overweight and out of shape and don't carry a skill set that's actually going to defend those kids when it cracks off in an active threat. We've seen it in this country. We have seen it in this country. So that started to push me down the envelope as how do you become a good father? How do you become a good husband? How do you become a good cop, firefighter, whatever? How do you maintain that balance in mental and physical health and fitness? And I think a lot of my experiences after law enforcement help affirm the needs for all of that and help affirm the process in which you can take to restore that. Because like we talked about from square one, it, it's hard to get into these professions, period. It's hard to get into the professions and be successful. It's hard to get into the professions, be successful, and be well enough rounded that your network around you will show up to your retirement. So many cops and firefighters hang that helmet or hang that gun belt for the last time. And what do you go home to? Right. A bottle of whiskey? Right. Because your wife split 10 years ago. Your kids are estranged. And God laid it on my heart that I just can't, I can't sit around and watch that take place anymore. I can't. I have to grab some piece of the pie and help restoring that community to where they are equitable assets and they can raise productive children and they can pour into their marriages and pour into their communities and become far more valuable than just putting hooks on somebody or just kicking doors or just sewing people back together. Yeah. And I, what I think is cool too is, I mean, you've been out of the game for a year and a half almost. Mm -hmm. And you still to this day get phone calls from guys that passed agencies or past friends that you went to high school with or whatever the case may be. Hey, you know, how are you doing? I see you're doing good. Let's talk. And they're trying to pick your brain on how how you were able to financially afford it, what made you make the decision to transition from law enforcement to other career opportunities. At least weekly, you're getting a call from somebody. And I think that really reaffirms the need for what you're doing with the day six ranch and the human optimization coaching stuff and all the other dreams that you have that go along with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point you make. For me, me leaving law enforcement was very much a spiritual influence, but there are 
political, social, legal pressures being put on current law enforcement members that are that are squeezing them out of their profession. And the good ones are starting to see the value in themselves and their skill sets and their abilities and understanding that I can offer the world more. Why am I going to do this for a government check? And they're bailing left and right. And that terrifies me. The good ones are gone. I mean, these are conversations and we'll actually, this could be a good chance to speak to other podcasts coming up that we're getting ready to release and, and more of the law enforcement warrior specific problems. But yeah, the good ones are walking out of the profession. The hiring standards are falling off. The laws are favoring the criminal. It's the reality of it. You look in any state and there's legislature on some level trying to get passed. And everybody wonders why the world's going to fall apart or why the world is falling apart. So my goal and my hope and my dream is to use horsemanship and use some of the experiences given to me to steward opportunities to start to push back on that and maybe keep guys in the profession a little bit longer or help in the form of preparation because we live out in a rural community now and there's stuff that I do informally to help, whether it be the school district, the churches, um, different assets in the community to better understand threat assessment and protection and hardening their targets to, to keep the communities more safe. So there's a lot to come in the form of day six ranch. It goes beyond the human optimization coaching and the horsemanship side of things and, and building equitable assets in the human being and the warrior or restoring that asset, I guess you would say. But it's kind of been a long road traveled. So what are your other opportunities for your podcast coming up? So to that point, I think I mentioned it last week uh, that we had some podcasts in the making. And one is going to be kind of warrior community specific in helping the warrior community to understand that life balance that we talk about and how you how you pour into various points of your life or various aspects of your life to create a very well-rounded human being. That show will probably be released end of April, maybe beginning of May. And then a third podcast that we're doing, we're partnering with JR Vizane. We just saw JR this last weekend at a horse clinic. And that one's geared more towards the ministry side of things. We've had a lot of people come to us within the Western community looking for some help and some guidance. And how do you grow your faith beyond Sunday? So many Christians show up on Sunday for that hour service and then don't get back to God until the following Sunday. And again, there's a process to it. And we have to prioritize our faith and our relationship with God and our, our daily works to, to grow that relationship. And I guess a fourth podcast. Fourth podcast we're involved in is with a good friend of ours, a great mentor of mine, Chris Cox, and Come Ride the Journey podcast. And he has conversations with people from all walks of life, and they have some form of tie to the Western industry or to the horse industry, equine industry, and kind of how top performers think, how top performers navigate through life. And it's been exciting to reach out in all these ventures. And yeah, I got a lot of podcast producing to do, and I didn't leave law enforcement to become a podcast producer, although it feels like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is all of these are opportunities and all of these are conversations and I chose to keep them industry specific because some of the horse people that listen here at Let Freedom Rain might not care about what goes on in the warrior community. They might not have a relationship with God at all. Uh, we can help them in those avenues if they have interest. They just got to find the podcast, listen in and reach out. It's not that difficult to get started. But if I were to combine all of those into one podcast, I just think it would, it would have muddied the waters for everybody. So we chose to separate them off and create a little extra work for me. But for me, it's getting people to the information and to the opportunities and opening the doors. It's up to them to actually walk through them. 
Yeah, I'm excited about all of them. I think it would help you on many ways grow in your faith, grow in your need or desire to help people. And also just to have some fun conversations. I don't know if anyone else listened to Chris's and Jason's podcast. I did and learned something. Maybe this is just my naivete, but I didn't realize Robert Duvall was as horsey as he was, Yeah, you know, and just some of the conversations that the stories that he told were unreal. They were amazing. And so it was definitely fun to listen to that. And for those of you that listened to JR's episode on Let Freedom Reign years ago, yeah. he was, I think, one of the first or towards I, the beginning of I the I want to say he might have been in the first dozen episodes. It was right after his wreck. Yeah, and he spits fire. He is so good. And just the journey he's gone through after his accident and all of that and just how strong he's built his faith is is nothing short of a, a miracle, really. And just listening to him talk and reading some of his messages to you has been really inspiring. So waiting to listen to that, I'm, I'll be one of your first listeners <laughs> for that one. And then even the Contact and Cover, the new Warrior podcast that you've got, we talked about it the other day. I mean, I don't personally have any of those experiences, but we talked about talking to wives and, you know, not just addressing former law enforcement, first responders, military folks, but the wives that have to go through this walk with them, you know, and how hard that could be. So I think that all of the podcast opportunities that you have coming up are going to be beneficial to at least... Hopefully one person. At least one person. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that and then I thought, wait, that sounds bad. But you understand what I'm saying. Well, hey, I thought my mom would be the only one to listen to this show and apparently... You got two. There's quite a few. You got two listeners, your mom and your wife. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, it's exciting times. It's stressful. I still struggle with doubt and fear and and self-deprecation and things of that sort, but I try to lean on my faith and understand that we serve a very, very powerful God. And I am so thankful for the people that God has put in my life. Just the other night at dinner, when we're having some horsemanship conversations with Dan, and he called a spade a spade that I'd been lying to myself and talking myself down when I, when I had no business doing it, you know, guys like Dan, guys like JR, Jonathan, these were not people in my life when God first laid it on my heart to use the horse to help the human being. But I get some incredible mentors placed into my life at very strategic points. And hindsight's always 2020 in this. I don't know that the value of their relationships at the time the relationship is made, but now being a couple years down the road, you look back and you have a lot of those aha moments like that's what it was for. That's why I needed the conversation. And I, I'm not the horsemanship expert. I don't claim to be the horsemanship expert. I'll never be an expert in anything. There's just too much to all of these different parts of life. It's just realizing that God has given me some unique experiences. They're unique to me as an individual, but they're not uncommon given the profession that I came from. And Bridging that relative gap for individuals is the, the gap that I'm trying to fill to help guys from eating their own guns or using too much dope or beating their wives or drinking excessively. Some of the common problems that you see in these warrior professions when guys are either in the thick of it, you know, multiple deployments, coming out of the career, transitioning within the career. Do I stay in a unit? Do I leave a unit? Do I go to a higher unit? Do I go to a lesser unit? How much pressure should I put on my life professionally? 
They're all tough conversations to navigate. No, there's not a cookie cutter answer. And that's why our optimization coaching program is tailored so highly to the individual because what works for client A is not going to work for client B or client C or client D. We, we have to meet you where you're at and we have to make a battle plan together based on your willingness to compete for yourself, the resources in which you have and what you actually want to try to accomplish. So it's interesting times at Day 6 Ranch. It's interesting times at Let Freedom Rain Podcast and some of these other podcast ventures coming out. But hopefully we can provide some value and keep moving the needle on humanity and see where this goes. So all of that being said, I just kind of want to thank you for continuing to open up. I know episode 100, when you kind of told your story, was hard for you. And I just kind of want to thank you for opening up even further and kind of sharing your story with your listeners. And I'm excited for the next steps for you professionally, personally, as a child of God, and just all the things that you have going forward. So looking forward to seeing what he has planned for you. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate you sticking it out because I know it's not been easy being married to me, whether it was pre-law enforcement, during or post-law enforcement. But I do believe that God gives us exceptional partners. I really do, because being married to a cop or a firefighter or a vet is not easy. You live a lot of life alone and you manage a household alone. And that was another struggle that we had to kind of get over is that, guess what? Daddy's home now. Right. So we're seeing each other a lot more (laughs) than we probably wanted to at the beginning, but. Well, I think that's why it's important to be a friend to your partner rather than it just be you know, an intimate relationship kind of, you know, you want to, you want to be able to, you know, when you grow old with each other, you got to sit there. There's no kids. There's no distractions. You're, yeah. What do you do now? Right. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm blessed in that we were friends first and have grown that friendship Yeah. over almost 20 years. Can yeah. you believe it? It's a long time. It is. Yeah. Our relationship's now in decades, not oh, years, stop, decades. Stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's an ask that I have of the Freedom Rain podcast following. If there are topics you want us to further develop in any of, of my journey or, or Kelly's journey here with me, please let us know. Uh, we have talked about doing some relational type conversations on the contact and cover side, which will be the Warrior, Warrior Community podcast, just you know what it takes to manage a marriage married to one of us. And, and there's a lot of horsemanship parallels, but you guys want to have Kelly back on the show, then let me know and I can try to get a hold of her agent and see if she's available. And <laughs> yeah, my six-year-old and my four-year-old. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> the ones that run, run the household. But yeah. we can't thank you guys enough for the continued support. I was absolutely amazed that for almost two years we were dark, had not put out any episodes. The downloads remained strong for the previous episodes. The messages that were coming in through social media and email were nearly weekly asking who's going to be the next guest out, when's the next episode coming out, when are you coming back? So a huge testament to all of you who are listening to this episode right now. Obviously, we do this for you guys. It's an opportunity that God has given us the advantage of stewarding, and and we owe this to you all. And we can't thank you guys enough for being the loyal listeners. And as usual, if there's anything that we can do to help support any of you guys through Let Freedom Reign podcast and the efforts and the episodes that we put out, do not hesitate to reach out. If you have not been active on social media recently, we are not under Let Freedom Reign podcast anymore. All the social media has been transitioned over to Day 6 Ranch. That's D-A-Y, the number 6, R-A-N-C-H. Likewise, you can go to day6ranch.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage there, and you can actually sign up for our newsletter and email contact list. 
So when we do the hard launch on this, you guys will be the first to know. You will have the first opportunities at new podcast episodes, new coaching programs, new online courses material, and any of the live events that we got coming up in the coming months. Kelly, anything, final thoughts? No, I just am excited to see what the future holds. And again, thank you for everything that you've done for us and the family and the horses and the law enforcement community and the whole thing. So thank you. Thanks again for joining us here on Let Freedom Reign podcast. If you're looking to grow in the areas of leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship, please visit day6ranch.com to see all we have to offer in the form of free content, podcasts, and material related to building a legacy-worthy lifestyle.